World, what's up? What is up, world? I hope you're all amazingly well. Have you missed me? Well, we'll be coming back soon with season two of World What's Up. We've got some amazing guests lined up, really nice, interesting people who have fantastic and fascinating stories to tell. But what I thought I'd do is give you a little taste of season one. I've made some lovely little bite-sized chunks and put them all onto one podcast So you can have a little taste of what's gone before in season one and maybe dip into an episode. So please enjoy and look out for season two, which will be starting in November. I look forward to seeing you all then. Bye for now. Jess Bond, the artistic director of the Park Theatre. But it was running a space. Um, I mean, most of my contemporaries who have fine careers, they're all happy in now. Uh, didn't know when they were even sort of early 20s what they wanted to be, what they wanted to do. Um, But I would say I was about 14 years old when I knew that my dream was going to be running a theatre and nurturing an audience. And, And that love came from, I think, two main sources. One is my father was a massive theatre aficionado and he would go many, many times, often two or three times a week um, and everywhere from, you know, a, a tiny little fringe theatre above a pub to a regional theatre to the West End, the National. Um, and he would take me along to see a whole range of shows and discuss them afterwards. And I remember many, many car journeys talking together. And I remember after we'd seen Donna Taylor, film producer, an actor. I remember hearing once in an interview that, uh, which, and you didn't really go into detail, and I'd like to know a little bit more about it. You know, you said when you went to drama school, it wasn't a particularly nice experience. Can you tell us a little bit more about why that was the case? Because I was a very working class girl. You know, we come from very humble beginnings, and this was very middle class. And I don't like to say that because I'm, I mean, it, it was just, I just felt like I didn't fit in. I never felt accepted in that space. And it was uh, maybe it was just a group of people that I was with at the time or that I was in the class with, but I didn't feel empowered at all. I felt that I was looked down upon a little bit. Um, I mean, that's just my experience of that that group at the time, but maybe that was, I had, you know, I still hadn't found my voice when I was there. It was when I went to Chicken Shed that uh, I really started to believe in myself and gain confidence and they accepted and there was no, uh, there was nothing there. Ted, you chosen business coach and a strong foundation, a reason for who you are and doing what you do. And for me, my help comes from God and that helps me in all areas of my life. So I'm happy and proud to be a Christian. I I feel that I shouldn't have to say it because in the Bible it says by your fruits you are known. So I shouldn't have to like bang everybody on the head saying (laughs) that I'm a Christian because I think that people should be able to tell by the way that I live my life. When did you first discover you had an acumen for business? I think from a child. um, I grew up in Holloway and I used to see businesses and black businesses as well start up and they'd have great ideas. It could be a little restaurant. It could be a designer shop and I'd see them open and then in a few months I'd see them close and these businesses didn't have anything to do with me I didn't know the owners but I got to know the owners and I used to find ways of promoting them this is as like a seven eight year old 
Jane Gull, film director. I couldn't get a grant. And that was one of the reasons why I'd left dance college as well, is because I couldn't continue with the fees. So, um, so one Saturday I was in Covent Garden and uh, there was an audition for a cruise ship, but I wasn't thinking about getting the job. I literally just thought I didn't have a lot of money. So I thought, oh, I'll go to the audition. It'd just be like a free dance class. <laughs> and Sugg's Law, or, you know, a good, a good thing. I got whittled down to like the last six girls and then they said right okay we're gonna offer you the job start rehearsals in two weeks time in Paris and then we'd go off on a three-month cruise around the Mediterranean so I remember going home and telling my parents oh (laughs) I've just signed a contract I'm going off to Paris and that was that and I continued to dance like I literally went from sort of job to job you know coming back auditioning you know as you do once you get involved in something sort of contacts come about don't they marlon palmer urban film producer hello marlon hi andy how are you i'm very well you're looking very dapper okay i forgot how dapper you always are you know (laughs) you haven't haven't seen the bottom half Like, I don't think I, don't think I want to see the pop. <laughs> <laughs> this is the new heart. This is the new world. You need to look half Because <laughs> <laughs> I first met you when you, I think you actually came to a feast on film night. And then you said, look, you know what? I fancy maybe doing some films here. And we did some lovely films. And, and yeah. you've always had a, a like, passion for film. I was just wondering, so, where did, where did you first develop that love for film from? Where did it come from? Wow, uh, believe me, it was... In, do you know that I had actually forgotten? And it was years, years, years later. It, it, in, in my, in my um, elder age, <laughs> once I started my business, Kush, and this is in my... Joe Morton-Brown, emotional health practitioner. That creative side, I think, because... And I do believe that that's the beauty of art and, and acting and singing and dancing is, is being able to be to embrace who you are and sometimes when other people aren't able to embrace who you are it it makes life a bit harder I think Um, and nowadays we just children and young people just are forever majority of them are forever searching for that sense of acceptance and that's big to have that sense of acceptance so So, yeah so what exactly does uh, an emotional health practitioner do tell us a little bit about that well, Andy, that is a really good question um, because I had to make up my own job title because because I do so many different things that actually saying that I'm a counsellor and I'm a family support worker and I deliver school assemblies, blah, 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 it was it's just it's just too much. So we wear the the emotional health practitioner for for children and young people, um, and kind of how it all started. Mark AC Brown, film director. And Laura Reese, film producer. Um, it's just, I don't know, ingrained in me since birth. Um, I started watching films, as far as I can remember, from about, from about three years old, mostly at my auntie's house. And and I've just never stopped, really. And it just was, you know, became part of me. I watched The Wizard of Oz, Jason the Argonauts, all those, and endlessly, over and over and over, every day. And... Uh, that, is, that has been my life since then. Yeah. And when did it occur to you this is something I wouldn't mind doing myself for a for a crust? Uh, I was about three and a half years old. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have, I have never tried to do anything else. Um, and much to the fear of 
a lot of my family. Because um, uh, I'm, I'm the type of person, if I'm, if I'm not enjoying it, then I'm not good at it. And so film was some just one of the few things that I enjoyed. And uh, it was out of that or football. Siri Satna Kumar, Kundalini yoga teacher and musician. Of boxes, aren't we? Like mm. these tracks and these projections of, you know, where we're meant to go and how we're meant to be. And if you don't fit in that box, well, <laughs> what happens, huh? You know, there's, there, there can be a, a great amount of struggle, as we see with so many um, kids and learning. And then, you know, they can get prescribed with all sorts of issues. And actually, as Ken Robinson was saying, I think he used the example, didn't he? Father Ben Courage, parish priest. Well, the worst thing is people have all these expectations of you, like quite different expectations, but they're not who you are. So some people think you're going to be incredibly holy and um, some people think you're going to be incredibly strict and some people, you know, people think all sorts of things about what you're going to be like and none of it's really you. And if people think you're amazing, just... Ronnie Duty actor sort of light bulb moment as as a performer um as i had with the uh, the, the 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 revelation of um arthur miller's play it was seeing again I, I mean i suppose there's a real there's another real sort of italian italian american sort of connection there but it was um it was seeing the godfather was seeing Al Pacino and Marlon Brando and those kind of characters, again, being represented in a way that were not your stereotypical sort of Caucasian leading men uh, and those kind of stories. You know, there was there was very much this generational tale um, of immigrants and um and and that was really sort of eye opening thinking well you know this is this is some there's some wonderful performances going on here from from uh characters that that have more dimensions and layers to them uh and it's it's Niall McNamee, actor singer and songwriter <laughs> yeah i'm named after uh, Niall Quinn who played for Ireland and uh, Arsenal and Man City and i think when I was growing up, probably most famously for Sunderland. Um, and uh, yeah, I think he scored against England the year before I was born. And I think then my dad went, right, it's definitely Niall. I do remember a conversation when I was younger, though, of uh, me asking me mum and dad, oh, you know, why, why am I called Niall? And my dad went, you're named after Niall Quinn. And my mum went, I thought it was that poem that we read together. And my dad was going, oh, yeah, no, that too. Yeah, 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 Niall of the Nine Hostages. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, oh, so you, uh, yeah. Do you know that poem? Uh, no, I don't. I know the goal. <laughs> um, yeah, he's. Uh, I, I got to meet him actually uh, on a very like on a big day for me when I was quite uh, when I was just moved to London. I got my first agent and I bumped into him on the tube and uh, I just couldn't believe this day had happened. And I, it's not often you get to meet someone who's a hero and tell you. Anthony W. Johnson, producer, actor, and choreographer. I learned something very young when I was young in my first acting class. Uh, back then, things were very different. We, it's just a different time. They were harsher teachers, tough, tough as nails, and they could say anything they wanted to say to you and or do anything they wanted to do. And my first dance class, actual dance class, 
and my first acting class were the same. The door was closed and we had to strip our clothes off. Wow. But naked in front of everybody. Everybody's naked. And they said, look, the, I remember the dance teacher saying, look at yourself. If you don't like yourself, this is what you got. You have to get past yourself. If you're going to like move an audience. The acting teacher says something similar. Uh, you have to get past you to get into that wall because I don't want a cathartic actor. I want the... Chris Riley, actor. Uh, it was a nice thing to do for my mum. My mum loves <laughs> celebrity um, and she loves like those glitzy occasions that, that I'm very seldom able to take her to. And so we, we, she was getting very excited about going to that. Um, and there was no question about who I was taking, by the way. It was, it was hot. And the, <laughs> it was hot that was coming. Um, and so as, it, as, the, as the time drew nearer, um, I, I started to think, you know, more about what, what it was actually going to mean. Nigel Andel, restaurateur and community activist. Yeah, I, I sincerely was naive. And I was naive because I've never lived here. And I was sold a dream. I was sold an idea that maybe... This is where I could put myself to build a, make a career where I could contribute to my community. And obviously in Trinidad, we don't have the, the racism. We do have some form of racism, but not racism as it is here in the UK. The racism I experience in the police is more institutionalized, right? And is more systematic in so many ways that is unseen, but is there, visible in terms of if you really want to look, you, you could find it. So you, you left the police. When did you go from there? So one day I decided, you know what, I'm going to leave the police and I'm going to, I'll, I'll give you a, it's so funny, eh? I mean, one day I decided, you know what, enough is enough, I'm going to leave the police because I really sincerely cannot trust them. And that is where I came up to. Uh, I remember having some issues. At the- Andy James, actor, writer, podcast and stand-up comedian. You said you found school quite difficult. Why was that? Well, I always thought, I always felt as though I was playing catch up, you know, and it didn't help with the fact that I was a mad daydreamer. I mean, um, I used to look out the windows and just imagine myself playing in the fields rather than being stuck in the classroom. And it was a bit like Charlie Brown. All the teachers' voices were just like, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> so I didn't really, um, pay attention i just wanted to be outside playing and doing stuff the only thing i did like um, about school was that i went to a school called saint michael's i'm in highgate and they were massively into theater and the headmaster was big on doing shows and uh yeah i used to like taking part in those and that's yeah that's when i think i first got a sort of um love for performing I remember there was one show in particular where I went on up and as I... Aki Katabi, actor. I loved watching films. I'd never dreamed I could be in a film. I just loved films. So when I saw Wandering Around Campus, there was some short film. I thought, you know, I'll try to audition. And I was so nervous. I remember because I was holding the sheet of paper. I, I was, I don't think I could remember the lines and... It was just shaking so much that they told me to put it down, like it, it was messing up the take because the audio of the paper is so shaky. Granted, I didn't get that part. And I thought, man, I'm as bad at, at this as I am at dancing. There's many things in my life I want to improve. 
So that got me to my first acting class. And that's when I realized it's a craft that people study and I could do this. And that's how it all started. So yeah, that's my kind of growing up to so choosing. How did, how did that take it when you told him you were leaving that to become uh, an actor? I think, I mean, before that, I'd already... Adam Joby, mayor of Haringey and local councillor. Uh, uh, five minutes to the bedroom. Um, although we've got a five minutes to the bedroom, I shouldn't say that. That's all I, can say. <laughs> <laughs> I meant my own bedroom, just to avoid the doubt. <laughs> With Alison and nobody else. Um, well, uh, our prime minister is a bit of a prime minister at the moment, isn't it? You said Andy, not me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh dear, I'll have the Downing Street lawyers on the phone now. Simon Turner, musician and composer. When I was nine, my father was diagnosed with um, terminal kidney failure and he didn't want to go into hospital, um, so he stayed at home um whilst that process was happening now obviously i was a boy i was nine years old and the whole thing was pretty awful um you know i mean very very affecting as 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 it would anyone of course and my yes. grandmother my grandmother who was actually a very canny person she, she could be really difficult um but she she knew when to step in and what to do at the right time and she bought me a record player um during this process and she bought me two albums one was the Planet Suite by Gustav Holst and the other one was Sergeant Peppers. And because I was so emotionally sort of, I don't know, vulnerable, I guess is the word, or just very sensitive to everything, that these two these two sets of music, if you will, became immense. I really hope you enjoyed that bite-sized taste of World What's Up. I'm really looking forward to season two and I hope you'll come and join me for that. Don't forget this November... World WhatsApp returns. Until then, take care.